God that this is going to be the best sermon I've preached this year. It's only downhill from here, right? I knew Cameron. Well, Cameron was going to be a deacon, but now we're going to move him off the list there and get him going there. Do you have your New Year's resolutions? Do you have them? Huh? Some of you don't make them. How many of you still make them? Make a few. Nothing wrong with them. Uh, there's a few dangers there. Um, let me give you a couple of dangers of New Year's resolutions. I, I have a few. and um, The danger of highlighting your past failures. Sometimes when we make resolutions, all we're thinking about is how we failed the year before. You know, I could have eaten better in 2022, and I wish I wouldn't have eaten all this stuff, and I wish God wouldn't have introduced me to fat boy ice creams, and, you know, (laughs) I love them, I love them. I actually found one yesterday, it was hidden in the freezer there somehow, I don't know how it got there, but God loves me so much, he left it there for me, and I, and I ate it. I said, tomorrow I'm going to start a new, new diet, right? Came into the church, and I'm not going to eat candy this year, you know how long that lasted? So little Izzy came up to me and says, here's a piece of candy for you, Pastor. And uh, there goes my resolution. Boom. You know what I mean? It's gone. Um, we make unrealistic uh, resolutions. And we have to be careful. There's a danger in that. I'm going to lose a pound a day. No, you're not. It's not going to happen. Um, I'm going to read two chapters of the Bible every day. Probably not going to happen. Um, but, you know, you make some. That's okay. They're, but they're unrealistic. And then another danger, and I think this is a big danger, is um, they're very temporal. We we make these resolutions that really, uh, they're not bad, but they're not going to last for eternity. One of our kids woke up and says, one of my resolutions, I'm going to beat this game this year. Well, that's great, but that's not going to help you draw closer to God. Um, there's a lot of resolutions that we make that won't help us draw closer to God. So we, we need to be careful about that. But planning, we should plan. In fact, as we look at uh, James chapter 4 and verse 13 there, they have their plans, and, and there's nothing wrong with planning, and we should plan. And I got my calendar planned, and I, I love planning the year and getting things planned out and get all excited about those plans. Look at, look at these guys in verse 13. They have their plans all together here, and they, and they love to do it. Verse 13, it starts off by saying this, come now. And, and really what he's talking about is like a coach calling a team together and, and how, telling them to listen up. You need to listen up and you, and you need to hear this. This is a coach calling people. You got your plans. That's okay, but I want you to hear something about your plans. Nothing wrong with making plans. In fact, if we don't plan, we plan to fail. We need to plan. But now the coach wants to get them together. Come on. I want you to listen up here in verse 13. Here's, here's, look at their plans. I mean, these guys are planners. You think you're a planner. Look at these plans that they have. They have the day down, today or tomorrow. They know the exact day that they're going to plan this out. They have the city down. We're going to go to such a such a city. Uh, they, they know the place. They have it all down there. They have the time frame down. Look at the verse 13. They're going to spend a year there. Uh, they know what they're going to do when they get there. They have that planned as well. They're going to engage in business. And they're also going to, they know the outcome. Isn't this amazing? Verse 13, we're going to make a profit. They got it all down. 
And interesting here in the Greek, it's, it's all future tense. This will happen. We, we, we will go to the city. We will engage there. We will spend the year and we will make a profit. It will happen. They have it all down, all the plans. I got my 2023 planned out. You guys have yours. I got certain things that I got planned out. I got a trip to Ecuador. I can't, I'm all excited about in, in, in February. I'm going to preach in the church that I preached the first time I ever preached a Spanish uh, message ever in my life. I'm going to go back 25 years later and preach in that same place. I haven't been back in 25 years and, and 25 pounds ago. But anyway, um, I'm, I'm excited about that. I don't even know if they'll recognize me. I got it all planned out. We got, we got the trip planned out. One of our kids is going to be going off to college with Ellie, and that's going to be exciting. We got, we got the calendar all, all planned out. There's a problem in verse 13. Do you see it? They have the day planned. They have the city planned. They have the time they're going to spend there. They have what they're going to do there, and they have, they're going to make a profit. But what's missing in verse 13? God. We don't see God anywhere there. In fact, we can get so excited about our plans that we can forget about the spiritual realities of our lives. And here they are right here saying, we got all this planned out, but there's no room for God, which is amazing. These are practical atheists. They have their plans, but no God is mentioned there to intervene. And we forget things. And I want you to look right here in the text to see what we forget here. We forget a couple of things here, which is interesting. Verse 14, we, we forget our ignorance. Look at this in verse 14. Yet you do not know. You should highlight that in your Bible. You do not know. What? What your life will be like tomorrow. Or literally in the Greek, you do not know the things of tomorrow. Think about that for a moment. You don't know the things of tomorrow. The future is uncertain. Both the good things and the bad things. I mean, who would have thought? Let's get all excited here for a moment. That in 2022, when the year began, the football season began, who would have thought that the New York Giants are going to be going to the playoffs? Anybody? Amen? Not one amen, huh? Who would have thought that your teams aren't going to the playoffs? Amen. Hallelujah. I am in hostile ground here. I'll tell you that much. There are so many good things that are happening. You know, when we woke up in 2022, Ellie was like, I am going to the Masters College. I am going to California. I know where God wants me to go. She ended up where? Ohio. <laughs> Who wants to live in Ohio? <laughs> Ellie loves it. I had, we had these plans. We didn't know these good things were going to happen. We didn't know that Argentina, we were going to get to go to Argentina and meet, and meet Pastor Jorge down there and talk to him and encourage him and now see him. I didn't even know Matt and Whitney DeQueen in, in, in 2022 when it began the year. There's some people I, I didn't even know, I never met before that have come into our life. There's great things. We don't know what tomorrow holds. There's some bad things that have happened as well. I'm glad I didn't know. <laughs> I would have hidden my house and... Not come out of my bed and stay there the whole time. We don't know the things. 
In fact, let me just tell you the only things we know about tomorrow. Are you ready for this? There's two things I know about tomorrow. And it's not the weather because I looked at the weatherman. I don't know. I don't know that because even that they get wrong. Ready for this? There's two things I know about tomorrow. One thing I know, if Jesus is in me today, he'll be in me tomorrow. Praise God. And here's what else I know about tomorrow. That if something happens to me tomorrow, I'm going to be with Jesus. Other than that, guess what I know about tomorrow? Nothing. Think about that for a moment. We don't even, the future is so uncertain. And yet, we're going to see here in a moment, people talk like they know what's going to happen tomorrow. They don't know. Read that. You do not know. We don't know. We are not certain. We do not know what, what, what the future holds. Now, notice this here in the passage. It's another thing here that's amazing. He says here, we, not only do we not know the, the, the future here, the future is uncertain. Watch this here. What does it say? It says, what is your life? Look at this. You are just a what? A vapor. Now, don't, don't miss this. We're a mist. We're an atmos is the word. Atmosphere, we get our English word. We, we are just like the cold air that we blow out of our mouths when it's, when it's cold and it, it's just the breath comes out. We see our breath for a moment and it's gone. We're like a flickering light. We're here and we're gone. We're, we're here one second and we're gone the next. Even if we live a long life, that is a short life and compared to eternity. I think of Grandma Joy this week's going to turn 94. Can you imagine that? 94? I mean, that is amazing. Chalmers is going to turn 93 two weeks later from that. That's, that's amazing. He has grandchildren older than a lot of us. But let me just tell you something. They're here today and they're gone. It is a short life. What is your life? You're just a flickering light. You're just a vapor. You appear for the moment. Moses, who lived 120 years, says, well, maybe we're here 70 years. Maybe we're here 80 years. It's a hard life. And then we just fly away. We're gone. We're here. I think about the people in my life that were here and they're gone. My father was here and he's gone. My grandfather was here and he's gone. My grandmother was here and she's gone. There's people in my life that were here and they're gone. They're here a moment and they're gone. They're here and they're gone. We'll be here and gone. We don't live forever here on this earth. And so he says here, there's a couple of things that you don't understand. You don't understand your ignorance. You don't know what tomorrow holds. And you don't understand how frail you are. In fact, we don't even know if we'll be alive here this afternoon. That's crazy to think about. Now, don't get morbid and... Think all these things and be scared to buy green bananas because you're going to be thinking dead to death. We don't know what tomorrow holds. Some people take this and start going and spending it all they got. You know what I mean? I live it up. I'm going to be dead in five hours. You don't know. But let me just tell you, we won't be here forever. And it's just frail. Our lives are so frail. I think of the coach that died. He was 52 with a 16-year-old son and 21-year-old son in a car crash. We're here. We're gone. He says, you got these plans, but you're leaving God out of these plans when you don't even know 
what the things are tomorrow. You don't even know your life. Here's how you ought to live. And this is, this is a great passage here. Look at verse 15. Here's how 2023 we ought to live. This is the way, these are the resolutions we should make. Here's how we ought to live. How, how should we live? Look at verse 15 here. You want to make a resolution. Here's a resolution. Be committed to God's will in your life. Look at this in verse 15. Instead, you ought to say, here's what we ought to say. If the Lord what? All right, now it's not words here. So, so don't miss this, because people use the words all the time. Uh, God willing, I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, Lord willing, uh, we'll, be, we'll be doing this next week. Uh, Lord willing, I'm going to Ecuador. Lord, The words mean nothing. It is a hard attitude. Here's what's interesting about verse 15. If the Lord wills, there's two things that that creates. One, it creates hope. Maybe God will want this. And also, it may create a little doubt. Maybe God doesn't want this. And so we live our lives with hope and maybe a little bit of doubt and say, you know what? I don't know if God really wants this. So, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to submit and commit myself to God's will. Because here's what's going to happen if God wills something. Look at this passage here. What will happen if God wills? This is, this is amazing. Two things will happen in our lives. Here's what you ought to say. I am committed to God's will. I am going to plan and live my life for God's will. I am not going to plan things that are outside of his will. And I am going to let him do what he wants with my life. That's what we're saying here. Because look what happens in verse 15. If the Lord wills, guess what we will do? We will, first thing, we will what? Oh, you know why you're alive here today? Because God wants you alive. Somebody, somebody says, I don't know why I'm still here. I could tell him, right? You know why you're still here? Because God wants you to be here. Our very breath is in his hands. He could take it away in a moment. We are alive because of God. He says the first thing here, the, the, the reason why he says, he says, if you live in the Lord, and if the Lord wills, guess what? We're going to be alive. We, we are living here today. I have breath. Every breath is because of God. I am alive here today because of God. So I ought to commit to his will. But notice the next thing. This is beautiful. If he wills, not only will I live, also I'll be able to do this or that. And so what he's saying here is as we commit to God's will, Guess what? When our plans come to fruition, who is responsible for that? God is. I love that. We can never take credit. Look, I planned out the year and all this happened and I had it all because I was clever. I'm an intelligent person and everything came out exactly as I planned. You know why our plans come out? Because God allowed them to come out. I remember when we wanted to build a, a building in Argentina and we were nervous. We were scared. We didn't know what God had. We had no money at all. We went before the church. We said, we're going we're gonna to build. They said, Pastor, how much do we have? I said, we have nothing. How do you like that? But we're going to start this Sunday and we're going to start doing it. We didn't know that God was going to provide the fund. We didn't know how God was going to provide it. We didn't know if God was going to allow us to live to see it. He has, by God's grace. I can't say it's because we all planned it and had it all together. It's because God willed it to be. 
And, and why do we live this way? Why do we live committed to God's will? Why do we live in such a way here? Notice, notice this passage. We're going to see right here. The application is beautiful. It's right here in this passage. Why should we live committed to God's will? To live to do the things that are pleasing to him. I like what MacArthur said. If you're going to make a resolution, why don't you just do this? Resolve to please God in all things. Because look at this. Here, look at this passage. Look what this keeps us from. When we live a life submitting to God's will, to allowing Him to intervene in our lives whenever He wants, to change our plans anytime He wants. Boy, people who, who are on Southwest this past week, they need to hear this one, right? <laughs> they had their tickets. They were going to see their family. They were all excited. And God said, nope. You're going to be stuck in an airport you're not going to go anywhere. Your luggage is going to be stuck and you're not going to go anywhere. Were they praying this verse? Probably not at that time. Here's what it keeps us from. It keeps us from pride and presumption. Look at verse 16. But as it is, you boast in your what? Arrogance. In all such boasting is evil. There's a certain arrogance that comes into a person's life who thinks they can do their lives without God. They look at 2022 and said, I was fine without reading my Bible. I was fine without praying. I was fine without going to church. I was fine without all these things that these Christians say today. I was fine. My life is fine without God. There's a certain arrogance there. There's a boasting there. And there's also the arrogance of the people who think they know the future when they don't. Have you ever been with them? Oh, they'll tell you how 2023 is going to be. Because they know. They know the future. They know exactly what's going to happen to the economy. Do you know that? I don't know. They know exactly what's going to happen to the housing market. Do you know that? I don't know. They know exactly what's going to happen in this world. They, they have it all down. They know everything. There's a certain arrogance to that. We have to tell our kids often when we talk to them, we say to them, you know what? You just don't know. You don't know. I don't know. In fact, you know what's interesting? Somebody once said something. A dead clock is right twice a day. Isn't that, isn't that great theology? A dead clock is right twice a day. Sometimes they get things right. And they're like, see, I know. I told you I know. You don't know. <laughs> but there's a certain arrogance, a presumption that we have all the time in the world to live for God. And there's a certain arrogance of, of thinking that we can handle things without God. So I need God for the super spiritual things, my trip to Ecuador and all this. But I don't need God to go shopping. And I don't need God to go to work. And I don't need God to be a good husband. No, we need God for everything. And there's this boasting and arrogance that we think we have all the time in the world. Talk to young people. In fact, Johnny got a, a card saying from a school, you have your whole life ahead of you. You don't know. We don't know. We don't live like that. There's a certain arrogance to that. And look what it says in verse 16. All such boasting is what? It's evil. It's wrong. 
It's, it's wrong to, to say, I, I know that what's going to happen in 2023. It, it, it's wrong to say that these things, if I plan them out, everything's going to come out according to But It's wrong to think that we can make life work without God. There, there is that boasting and that arrogance, and that arrogance is evil before God. We don't want to live like that. But there's another thing in verse 17 that it keeps us from, and I, I hope this sticks with us in 2023. It keeps us from procrastination. Because a lot of us like to procrastinate and say, oh, I'll start that next week. Or I'll talk to so-and-so about Jesus next week. Or I'll start reading my Bible. And I know people have said it yesterday, next year. And I'll be faithful to the church next week. And I'll start this stuff Next week. And I'll, and it's always later on. It's always putting things off. Look what he says here in verse 17. Don't miss this verse. This is amazing. Knowing that our future is uncertain. Knowing that our lives are just a vapor. We're here one moment. We're gone the next. Look what he says in verse 17. Therefore to the one who knows the right thing to do. The good thing to do. The thing that pleases God. You see, there, there are sins of commission and there are sins of omission. Now watch this. We know the right thing to do. We don't have to be told this. We know that God wants us to fellowship with Him. We know that God wants us to pray to Him. We know that God wants us to read the Scriptures. We know that God wants us to witness to other people. We know these things. I don't have to get up here and say, guys, do you know that we should talk to people about Jesus? Do you think that's great? Yeah, thank you, Pastor. Yeah, that's great. We know that. We know that we depend upon God for every breath of our lives. We know that. We know the right thing to do. But we put it off. And look what it says here in the scripture. You know the right thing to do. And you don't do it. What does the Bible say? To him it is what? It's just a mistake. To him it is sin. It is wrong before God. It is just as wrong to lie. As it is not to witness to somebody. It is just as wrong to commit adultery. As it is not to do the good things. And take care of our neighbors like we should. Sins of commission are just as wrong as sins of omission. But a lot of us don't look at the sins of omission. We just get upset about the sins of commission. And so we're like, oh man, I blew it yesterday. I shouldn't have said that. Or I shouldn't have done this and I shouldn't have done that. And that's true. But what are the things you should have done that you didn't do in 2022? You see, knowing that the future is uncertain doesn't mean that we just sit here on our hands and do nothing. It means that we go to work for Jesus. It means that there are a lot of things that we ought to do in 2023 for the Lord. It means understanding that we know the right thing to do. I know I should witness, so I, I'm going to go and witness to somebody. I know I should talk to somebody about them. I'm going to do that. I know I should read the scriptures, so I'm going to do that. I know I should pray, so I'm going to go pray. 
I know that God has every right to change my plans. So guess what? I'm going to live 2023 allowing him to change all my plans. I know that I am not God. And I know that I can't see the future. And I don't even know what's going to happen to me this afternoon. I don't know. We're going to go see my sister-in-law, Lord willing. I don't know if I'm going to make it or not. I don't know what's going to happen. But what I do know is God has a will. And what I do know is that we ought to live our lives committed to his will. I read this uh, wonderful book on heaven by Paul Enns. I know there's other books out there on heaven, but Paul Enns has a great book. You know, Paul Enns is, a, is a, a Bible college professor. He was for years, and he tells a story in the book how he went to uh, teach a class, and, you know, his wife would always, 45 years of marriage, his wife would always come out, and as the wife would come out, she would give him a kiss, and she'd take a little sip of his coffee. That's a good wife, by the way. Take a good sip of his coffee, and give him his coffee, wave him away, and just say, you know what, I love you, and they would love each other. They would lo they loved each other. Amazing love they had. He said he went off, he taught the class, and as he's teaching the class, he started crying. He didn't know why he was crying, but he started to cry, and and, uh, and then he taught the class. He was extra emotional for some reason, stuck around after the class, and said goodbye to the students, and then he went home. He gets home and knocks on, the, he doesn't understand the door's locked. The door's never locked. And he, he walks into the room and opens up the door, walks into the room, and there's his wife face down, dead. He said, can't be. I mean, she just waved to him in the morning and said she loved him and Everything was fine. And then he walks in. That was it. He didn't know. He wasn't planned, planning for that. But you know what, how God used that? Now he wrote a book on heaven and now he talked about his experience and how, what he believes about heaven and how he's encouraging other people. This is a man who is committed to the will of God. We live our lives committed to his will. The future may be uncertain. Our lives are fragile. But guess what? We can live for him. And if we are alive today, praise him. It's because of him. And if anything we plan comes to pass, it is because of him. He allowed it to happen. But don't live presumptuous like we have all the time in the world to do whatever we want. We don't. And don't procrastinate. If you know what you ought to do, guess what? Go and do it. I tell, I tell my kids, I say, you know what? Don't hyperanalyze everything. You know what to do? Guess what? Go and do it. What does that mean for some people? Well, if you know you need to get saved, guess what? You ought to get saved. Do it. Don't wait. If you know you need to be sanctified and live more holy for Jesus, guess what? Go and do it. If you know you need to submit to the government, like the Bible says, guess what? We submit to the government. If you know you need to go witness to somebody, guess what? You go and witness to somebody. Whatever you know you need to do, guess what? Go and do it. Do it. Before we come to a part where we say, you know what? I wanted to do it. I was hoping to do it. But I just never got to do it. Let's live for God more than ever before.
May this be the year we are more committed to his will than ever before. That's a resolution. That's an exciting resolution. We're not going to sit on our hands. We're going to move forward. If the economy collapses, praise God. If the interest rates go up to 55%, praise God. If, 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 if these things happen in the world that everyone's saying is going to happen, if the world, if, if Russia does a missile, we, we, we're just going to live for God. We don't know what's going to happen. We're going to live for God. We're going to be committed to his will. We're not going to look at the newspaper and let that determine how we live. We're going to look at the Bible and we're going to let him determine how we live. All our goals are around his will and we're going to live for him. That's a resolution. That's exciting. I'm excited about 20. What does God have in store? I don't know. Will I see you next week? I don't know. But all I know is we're going to live for God. Let's pray. Lord, I, I look at this passage of Scripture. So many familiar things. And how easy it is for us to plan. Lord, I make them. And leave you out of the equation. And we make these plans that have nothing to do with your will. And I'm so glad that you intervene and stop them. Because you are God and we are not. But Lord, as I look at this passage, I see a few things, Lord. I see, wow, if we're alive here today, it's because you want us here. And Lord, that means that you want us to live for you. You are giving us time to live for you. So help us to take advantage of that time. And Lord, as I look here, it takes away all the pride that if any of our plans ever come to fruition, it's because of you. And so Lord, help us to give you the glory and not to brag like we've done it. Because you're the one that allowed us to do them. And Father, I pray that you would keep us from arrogance, from presumption to think that we know what the future holds. We don't know. The only one we know is the one who holds the future. So Lord, help us to rest in that and not to be presumptuous and think that we have all the time in the world. Help us to make today count. And then, Father, I pray the things that we do know what to do, the right things that we know what to do, and they're all over your word, that we wouldn't put them off. We wouldn't procrastinate. That we would start doing them today, one day at a time. For some, Lord, that means that they don't have a relationship with you. Today's the day to call upon Jesus and to be saved. To admit that they're sinners and to believe that Jesus died for their sins, was buried and rose again and ask them to come into their lives to be saved. Don't put it off to tomorrow. Today's the day of salvation. For those who are struggling in a sin, say, well, tomorrow I'll change. Today to ask for your grace and today to change by your grace. For those who know that we have people in our lives that don't know you and we keep putting it off to share Christ with them, that today would be the day that we'd make that call and say, you know, I want to talk to you about Jesus. I've known you for a long time, but I've never mentioned it. And now's the day. I, I want to mention it now. 
Lord, the things that we know what to do, give us the grace to do them today for your honor and for your glory. We thank you so much for this wonderful passage. And I pray, Lord, that 2023 is an amazing year. Not, not like we think it may turn out to be, but like you want it to be. And as our plans don't come to fruition, that we would submit to you and say, thank you, Lord. You have every right to change our plans. You have every right to intervene because we want your will, not ours. We pray this in Jesus' precious name and for his glory. Amen. Well, if you would, please stand with us. I love how this last song really just fits with the message today. All good.